And that Davis Research, it's um, probably, I don't know, 14, 17 inches wide and about a foot tall, or whatever, uh, you know, length and height, whatever, length and width. Um, oversized book. You can find these on Amazon. It's probably, I don't know, $30, $40, $50. I personally don't think you need to buy it. If you want to, go right ahead. If we were in the live class, I've got a couple of them. I just leave them in the back room so people can get a chance to go back and take a look at it. Between seeing that book and reading a book by Larry Williams written back in the 70s or 80s, um, I can't think of the title book. I can picture it as orange. I'll picture the title in a minute. What he talked about in there was he noticed that there was a pattern that seemed to occur, and, and nothing is 100% consistent, but there was a pattern that seemed fairly reliable that he noticed on, on the years in the decade. And when you notice that years ending in zero behave this way, years ending in one behave this way, etc., etc. I'm not going to read all of these. You can read them at your leisure. But here's the two I want you to pay attention to. Look at year ending in two. Over here for you. And what it says there is a bear market. The market generally hits lows in the years ending in two. Generally, late in that year, the market is generally flat to down with very small upside moves and larger downside moves. Expect a sharper downside slide during the summer trading season. The market frequently hits its low in October or retests the summer low. The fall low is typically the death of the bear market. Now, I'm not going to analyze that now. When you get some time this week, go back and read that and then look at the Dow chart, look at the S&P, and look at the NASDAQ. You look at it on a weekly basis and see if what it described here is or is not similar to what we saw in 2022. Then the next thing you want to look at is what it shows for this year. Year's ending in three. And it shows it as a baby bull. The lows of the prior year will frequently be tested again early in the year, generally by March or April. And the rest of the year is robust to the upside. Now, is this a guarantee? No way. But if you go back and look at a, a, a number, you know, look at a few decades. You get some time, just go back and do some research on this and see how often this ends up playing out. It's, it, it's fascinating because basically you read that year ending in two. I told people a year ago how the year was going to play out. And it was pretty darn close. It's really interesting how that works. So that's for your reference. You can read it later on. Um, let's see. And the next thing we talk about is discipline. As you go through this, you're going to learn that you have to be flexible in your expectation and rigid in following your rules. And I want you to write this next part down. Too many of the students are too committed to being right. Too many of the students are too committed to being right. Psychological issue. What I mean by that is you won't exit a trade because you believe that you're right and or you're not paying attention to the charting evidence. So what that says is discipline is far more important than your belief or your prediction. Because the market doesn't care what you believe or predict will happen. You don't want to go in with a predetermined bias. You just trade what the current market is doing. Chris was alluding to that before on the answer to a couple of those questions at the very tail end when he was doing his market analysis. 
other thing with regard to discipline is you've got to take small losses. A trade that's not moving or is going against you is not a reflection of your ability. It is not a reflection of your intellect. Unless you stay in. Because then it proves that you're stupid. If it isn't working, you need to be out of it. You want to be committed to ending on the winning team. In the PALS class, I showed you the historical monthly guide, the HMG. It is not going to be correct 100% of the time. But it's a pretty good norm for the year. But again, the norm will not always occur. So what you do is you pay attention to the indicators on the bigger charts. The weekly will, yet, will let you know if the norm is going to take place or not. And when the indicators and the historical norm or the patterns align, you hold If the indicators and the norm do not agree, then you cautiously trade the indicators, and you'll be right most of the time. When you look at the charts, the most important thing on the charts is the indicators. And going from the top, you got the moving averages crossing, so the two and the three, the red and the green line. You got Stoke, I'm looking at the red and the green line. Chris was explaining how we look at it with going from 20 to 80 and 80 to 20. Then we look at MACD, those red and green lines crossing. And then we look at the DMI lines, right? And we're looking for what the directionals were paying attention to when they're down at a low relative to themselves. And it's relative to that stock and relative to that time frame. Now, here comes, here comes, we get into a little bit of deep stuff. You've got to have a detailed and specific plan if you expect to, or want to do well in the market. And not just really in the market, you really should have one for life. Your life. You want to do it by design, because you're not going to get there if you don't know your destination. What you do is you've got to make an honest assessment of what you can do consistently. Not what you want to do consistently in the future. What are you able to do today consistently? Because if you're random, you cannot evaluate it. And then you commit to what you plan to do, no matter what. You don't let circumstances drive you. Your plan should be specific as to what you'll trade and when you'll trade. And then what we look to do are only the obvious trades. High quality, high confidence, or you don't trade. It is literally as simple as that. You need to have a detailed plan of what you'll be doing in the stock market. And that plan needs to be specific to each wall of the financial house. And then also your, your uh, Frankenstein garage, if you want to call that, would be ultra account. And then the bomb shelter. Bomb shelter is like, oh, what if, uh, what if the currency collapses? So you've got an idea what you're doing with gold, silver, crypto. But you will not get there if you don't know your destination. So you've got to be specific in detail. Because if you're random, you cannot evaluate it. And your plan should cover the entire year. And you want to have it be based on your personal schedule. And so within that, then, you've got to include or consider schedules of other members of the family. And the other members of the family affect on your schedule. And don't leave out vacation schedules. So 
what I mean by that is, let's say that your plan is to go on vacation for a bulk of time during the month of August. And that means then, because of that, you'll have limited access to the market. Maybe you can only expect to do or hope to do three trades. There's nothing wrong with that. Just put it in your plan. In August, I'm going to do three trades, whatever you think is realistic. And then keep to that plan. The plan has got to be specific as to what and when you're going to trade. And I'm not saying, well, I said I was going to get three. Let me just take this random ugly one. No, 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 no. And I can mix my metaphors up all over the place. You're looking for prom queens, right? The, the most attractive trade that's out there. If you want to think of it as being a nine-year-old woman whose ass you can kick, then think of it as a nine-year-old woman, right? Whatever, whatever metaphor works best for you, I'm cool with it. Whichever one I use doesn't matter. But if you're saying you're only going to trade or trade when you see the nine-year-old woman set up, then don't get swayed by seeing a 60-year-old broad with cancer. It doesn't meet your criteria. Otherwise, if you see a 92-year-old woman, but she's the aerobic instructor and the world record holder for weightlifting at her age group, well, she's 90, and she, you know, she's all wrinkly and looks old, that doesn't meet the criteria. And so what you, you look at them is, if you don't have this kind of confidence, you shouldn't trade in the market. Now, the other side of that, you don't need that kind of confidence in the long-term holding account because we're owning it forever. In your plan, you want to have a minimum number of trades that you're going to do each and every month. Do not go over 10. Let's stick with your plan. And no matter what, you get it done. Just commit to it and get it done. you got to understand what trading techniques will you be using which ones do you do well? You want to understand specific to each trading line, trading or uh, what do you call it, wall on the structure. How many trades and what stocks might you trade? So, for example, we were talking before. I think it was either yesterday or today. We were talking about how I think it was Bitcoin that we were talking about yesterday. Maybe it was the Chinese internet. It's one of those, but they're very gappy. When you look at the daily chart, when you look at the sector, those things jump around all over the place. If you're not at the level of development where you can handle that kind of volatility, then guess what? Don't trade that sector. There's 130 names on the watch list. If you don't trade a couple of them, it's not the end of the world. You also want to be aware of, in your plan, what is the size, what is the dollar amount of your trade? If you're starting out, you're doing $1,000 trades. If you've been at this for a while, maybe your trade size is bigger. Going forward, we call that your X. X refers to your trade size. And in your plan, then, you also want to build in when and how much will X increase. You do not want to figure it out along the way. You'll get too emotional. You may think about, for example, bumping the X in front of the fall winter season. You would only look to do that if your results were good going into it. Just because we're going into the time of year where we tend to see long, smoother moves, you don't instantly say, oh, it's going to be great. Let me jump in and make more money. That's stupid. Because if you haven't proven yourself you can do it, you're going to lose more. And that's going to blow your confidence. Excuse me.
in advance. There's no stress. When you get to that level, or that point in time, that point of experience of bumping your trade back. You also want to give, give thought to what stocks will you use and when. For example, we will learn this as we go through the course. Retail stocks tend to do better in the fall winter season than they do in July. Make note of that. Go back and look over the next few weeks. Go back and look at the retail sector. And notice how they perform in the July time frame than how they perform in October going through December. For your income account trades, are you going to do a buy-sell? You know, buy the software app, sell it, no problem. Or are you going to do the Bernanke method? Buy the stock, run it up, sell a covered call. Let the call do its thing. If you get taken out, it's gone. If the stock declines, you buy back the call, profitable on the call. You get back a little on the stock. The stock's at a bottom of the second leg of its move, if you will. Let it run back up high. And then close it again. Or, sorry, and then close it. Or are you going to do a hybrid of the two? You want to have that in your plan. The idea is to remove the emotion to the heat of the battle so you thought this through clearly and you don't have the pressure of performance and the pressure of money. In your plan, you want to know when are you going to move money from the trading account and or the income account into your long-term holdings account. You're going to do it when the account balance gets to a certain level. No problem. Are you going to do it at the end of every month? No problem. Excuse me. However you want to do it is fine, but think it through so that when you get to that point, it's not a surprise. You've thought it through. Now it just becomes a matter of executing. Then you also want to think about, with the dollars that you have available, how will you divide them out? How are you going to split it up between your income account? Maybe we talked, Kent asked the question before about taxes. Some of you are uncomfortable. Some of you, with your earnings you've got, or your, your income source, you've got to pay quarterly taxes. And you get to decide in the trading, in the trading business that you're stepping into, you can play, you, know, you can pay quarterly taxes if you like, or you can choose to hold on to the dollars to pay a little bit of a penalty. The penalty is relatively small, but you're using those dollars to trade. I would hope and expect that the gains you would make off that would far dwarf the small minor amount that the Fed will charge you for not making quarterly payments. Your accountant will balk at you, but you get to think that one through. It doesn't bother me if my accountant box that. Because I know that I can take what I would have paid in tax to do a trade. It more than covers the penalty. So I'm totally fine with that. Other people prefer to pay quarterly. Totally up to you. If you've got debt, you want to think about a debt reduction plan. How are you going to allocate dollars to do that? As well as how you're going to allocate the dollars towards the LP. The biggest chunk of your trade, like 90 plus percent, should be focused on the bigger charts. Weekly daily 233. With that, then you want to plan to do the same size, same dollar amount trade. Just as the rules we've talked about in house. Same trade size on the trading account. 
and then you go all in with the income account. And as you're starting off, that income account balance will be relatively small compared to where you're trying to get it to. And you just keep pushing it with the gains. Sometimes it's going to decline because you have a loss, no problem. Then you can do small chart trades. Small charts are the 55 and lower. They're probably going to be 10% or less of all that you do. So you only want to trade the small ones when the big charts indicate that it's going in that direction. You'll like your results. You should have a specific plan for the entire year that will allow you to bump your X. It could be maybe a number of consecutive profitable trades that are bricks. And you want to put something in there that says bricks. Because what you don't want to do is to be doing trades in a, let's say it's a bullish, um, you get a bullish run for a couple of months. Everything you're trading is winning. You think, oh my gosh, I've got six, seven, eight, nine, ten in a row, whatever it is. Think, Man, I'm good. I don't follow the damn rules. This works great. That is the kiss of death. Because the market's going to roll over on you. You haven't established that you've proven you can make bricks. Now you bump your trade size right at the very tail end of that bullish run. And you are going to get clobbered. So it could be to bump your trade side or to bump your X could be, again, a number of consecutive, consecutive profitable bricks. It could be once you get to an account balance in your trading account, some combo thereof. Whatever you come up with is fine, but think it through. What happens then is when you've got a detailed, a specific detailed plan, you're never excited, you're never worried. You just execute. And you'll trade calmly. And you'll be at peace. Now, as you go through this over the years, your plan is going to change over time. And what you do is you assess your plan at the end of each year, and then you formulate a plan for the upcoming year. If your trading account balance is full, whatever that means, and if your income account balance is full, whatever that means, could be 30 times your gross monthly income. But if it's full according to your plan, then you can look to move all the remaining profits to your long-term holding account. You do that on a monthly basis. It's all going to depend on you and how you write the plan. Now, while Chris was you know, page on this one. while Chris was going through the charts, I went through and read my email. And many of you followed instructions, a few of you did not, but in the note that I'd sent you late last night, I asked you to do your first homework assignment for the class. And I asked you to send me a note to investingfromthebeach at Gmail. I said it right in there, a couple of you chose not to read that, and just understand, it doesn't piss me off, but it points to your, your sloppy in your execution. Because what you did was you sent it to my Profits on Wall Street email. Small little thing, but you didn't do it. Now, how many of those small little things are you going to miss when you're trading? That's going to bite you big time. You've got to be aware of that. So I read through all the emails that I received. Thank you for sending it. And I learned something. I got it reconfirmed. I already knew this before. I'm going to share something with you that may help. And it will help you if you're struggling. You don't have to do it now, but sometime later on tonight, go back and read what you wrote to me. 
because I figured out for the vast majority of you why you're struggling, and it's bloody obvious. There's only a couple of you that identified yourself as a trainer. Now, some of you may have said, yeah, I hope to be good at training in the future. But you started off by saying, I'm a mom, I'm a dad, I'm an engineer, I'm an athlete, I'm a realtor. You didn't identify yourself as a trainer. Which makes me wonder, how do you behave? Do you behave as a trainer? Think about how you act. Think about how you think. And do you behave and act and think like a successful trainer? question you always want to ask yourself when doing an activity. Will this make me a better trader? I want to get on the phone and, and you know complain about Q charts with their staff. Okay, that's great. Great choice of time use. Not. Is that going to make you a better trader? It's not. Think about that. Different way of thinking about that. Just different perspective. Um, I don't smoke. I think I puffed on a cigarette once, maybe when I was in college, literally sitting at the bar on one puff, like, yuck. Never doing this again. When I was growing up, my folks smoked. Both of them did. I'm an only kid. They smoked in the house. And that probably was the biggest turnoff for me. It's like, yuck. Didn't want to do it. Zero interest. And so if I identify myself, and I look at all the traits about me, it never crosses my mind to say that I'm a non-smoker. It never even crosses, the word smoking never even enters my vocabulary. It's so, it's, it's say, well, what, tell me about yourself. Well, I don't speak Farsi. Like, where the hell does that come from? It's not, you know, it's not even in the realm of possibility. I don't smoke. It's not something I even think about. And so it's not even a question of not identifying or as identifying as a non-smoker, that's a non-issue, it's a non-starter. But if, if you've ever sat around and been around and somebody comes up to me and says, hey, what do you do? Tell me about you. If, I, if, if I've heard them speak, there's sometimes where I'll tell someone, oh, I'm in the insurance business. I got life insurance. If they kind of look at me, I got life insurance and stuff. And that's usually enough to kill the discussion. If you're an insurance agent, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You sell, you sell, say that you sell life insurance, people will walk up and walk away. And so if I get somebody that sits down and appears to be annoying, I will sometimes say I'm in, I sell insurance. And it's not a lie, because I, I sell puts, which are basically insurance. We'll talk about that in a few minutes here. And so I do trades where I'm effectively selling insurance, so I'm not lying. But if it's somebody that is not annoying, I'll tell them I make my living in the stock market. That's, they'll either lean in or they'll go, oh, that's it, and then turn around and walk away. No problem. But I'll, if, if it's a positive thing, I will always identify myself as involved in the stock market. Depending on how I, how I read them, I may or may not say I'm a trader because I don't want to hear negative stuff if I get that sense from them. So I just say make my living in the stock market and leave it at that. If somebody is uh, talking about how active they are and they trade regularly, I usually don't want to get into a discussion about their method versus mine or what I do. Because I don't care what they do. I have zero interest. I know this, this method works phenomenally well. Batting average is way high. I need to hear what somebody else does. The way I'm going to get better 
is improving what's between my ears. It's working on the mental game. It's working on the personal psychology, the emotions. Thinking about what I think about. It's not about learning some new technique or a new indicator. Far from it. So think about what you wrote down if you sent me a reply to that. How do you identify? When you start identifying as a trader, you'll start thinking differently. All right, next piece is along the lines of this the, the basic trading thought process. After completing fast track, expect that you'll have more in-depth knowledge and better results than the students that are just going through POWs. And the reason for that is your basic trading thought process is going to change. So for example, when you make trades on the bigger charts, you always buy five months of time once you can afford to. I've talked about in POWs if you want to buy next month or two months out because of a because you can't afford the options at a thousand dollar trade size when they're five months out in time, I get it. I understand it. I mean I heard me say that's the one rule I'll let you bend. Until your account balance is big enough to support it. And once it is, you buy five months of time. Now, what you want to look to do is in pause, I tell you to buy a 70 delta. Now you're going to put on your big boy pants, big girl pants. What you're going to do now is from mid-October through uh, late April, early May, somewhere in that range, you're going to look to buy out-of-the-money options and buy one strike out of the money. Now you got to understand, when you do this, the first move in price, the first impulse move, is going to have little to no impact on the option price. You gotta be okay with that. But you should be okay because I told you from day one, quit looking at the money. It's about all about proper execution. And you do this strategy on the money options when you're going with the bigger charts and the market condition is not choppy. If it's choppy, don't do it. You can always fall back to safe, excuse me, the safe route is to go a 70-ish delta. But when you're trading with the bigger charts, and you're in a non-choppy market, trending market, buy one strikeout. Practice it for all, but you're going to like your results. Then from mid-May through September, you're still going to buy five months out in time, but you're now buying in-the-money options. 70 delta, just like we've talked about from day one and house. And then remember to follow your plans to determine when you're going to bump your X. I expect some point in the future, may not be this year, may not be next year, I'm not worried about when, but I expect that the people listening to this are going to be trading eventually for big dollars <laughs> and eventually use big money. When we do the trades, we're trading for dollars. We're not trading for change. Use the POWs terminology, I'm trading for turkey dinners, not a cookie. And I expect if you're in fast track, you're not going to trade unless you get at least $4. Because that's where you're getting paid for your time and your effort. And you've heard me say before, your confidence is the most important aspect. It's the most important tool in your arsenal. And the way to become extremely confident is to follow the instructions exactly. 
Because when you've got the confidence, it's not scared money. Because scared money will never make any money. And the only difference between a successful trader and you is the consistent application of the info. That's really all it is. If you do as instructed, the vast majority of the work for fast track goes away. It just becomes part of what you do. So saying it differently, if you want to bake my cake, you've got to follow my recipe. Don't try and create your own recipe. If you do, when you do, that's your ego talking to you. And your ego is looking for a shortcut. Great line I heard a few months ago. Keep repeating it again and again. The secret that you seek is hidden in the work you're trying to avoid. Please put that in your notes. I'm going to make a t-shirt out of that. The secret that you seek is hidden in the work you're trying to avoid. So when you go add stuff to a chart, or you look to try and shortcut it, whatever it may be, you're looking for a shortcut. The secret that you seek is hidden in the work you're trying to avoid. Next thing to talk about are news trades. In the PAL's manual, there was never, ever any instruction to do news trades with real money. You know, just practice it. And you should never do a news trade. Only fools trade the news. And if you've been doing the news homework as you were instructed, you ought to recognize that you got very poor results in trying to pick the direction of a stock based on news. Which means had you traded that, you would not have liked your results. But now, here's two things that you learn from doing the news trades. The first, the news is the most important thing to any and every small chart trade. So 55 and lower. The news doesn't have to be about that stock or that sector in order for it to crush a trade that you do on the small time frames. And that's why the smaller time frames have a higher failure rate. You get whacked on the overnight stuff. And the second item that you 